Welcome to Business Lines State of the Economy podcast where you'll find insight analysis and the story behind the numbers. Hello everyone and welcome to the State of the Economy podcast by Business Line. This is Abhishek Law and I will be taking you through with the real estate trends that is prevalent in India right now. We have with us Mr. Jayesh Rathore, the director of the Guardian's Real Estate Advisory. Welcome to Business Line sir. Thank you Abhishek. Thank you so much for you know inviting us to interact on the most favorable topics real estate. <laughs> Thank you sir. So uh, obviously the first question is uh, we already know by now that real estate is witnessing at least ho- housing sales are witnessing a bull run sort of a thing. How long do you see this momentum going and what is exactly driving this momentum? Is it higher salaries? I mean what is the demand driven by right now? I think especially the three asset class you know and real estate being one of the most important of the investment tool not just in India but globally too is always abhishek sentiment driven and whenever you know the the sentiments are positive which are various reasons for an example um a stable government since last two terms which is coming to an end and expectation of you know the same government is continuing for the coming uh, term as well is the biggest positive factor which is contributing to the overall economic development uh, i must like to come you know uh, edit over here that though we are among the top 5 gdps of the world with 16 population of the world uh, you know the india is definitely going to see a huge bull run not just for real estate but all across another industry too but being roti kapda and makan is a basic human need uh, especially in india with the stable government a good infrastructure connectivity which is happening all across within city and between the all two tier and one cities also is is actually contributing to this bull run of the real estate in the most positive and progressive manner uh, among all the asset class whether it is affordable mid segment or the luxury segment and in my opinion this is sentiments which is positive and it will definitely continue for another 3 to 5 4 years for sure you know as far as positivity in the real estate is concerned so yeah according to me uh, it's it's positive and people are and it's not about just qualitative feedback even the numbers which i speak to you last year we have sold 11700 crores worth apartment 50 lakh square feet plus and imagine if 11 lakhs inquiry has been generated now that itself shows that no doubt it's a lead which got generated but i'm sure the people who has not opted for the project which we are selling at least will go and buy somewhere else now all this indicates that yes this bull run will continue you know at least for another 3 to 5 years for sure uh, in the most positive manner you actually took away two or three of my questions in one response <laughs> obvious one response was the bull run uh, the period of the bull run but in general as you pointed out there's been a stable government there's an expectation of it coming back to power for a third term but amongst all this how important has the factors of rate stabilization played out when i say rate stabilization i mean the mortgage rates played played out uh mortgage rate you are talking about is the construction funding right if i'm right uh, no in in this case i'm talking about from the consumer point of view that is home loan rates oh home loan rate so okay very very important questions because 70 to 80% purchase which happens uh, which we witness uh, usually go for the home loan so as far as home loan is still though there is an increase in the home loan rate uh, you know last by not major but so far it is single digit 
uh, increase and the you know the still home loan is not crossed that limit which will concern the buyer i don't think so there will be because still despite of the increase last time in the home loan rate people have still make a purchase you know why because the overall salary increased overall economic you know growth uh, the aspiration of the people to buy and shift from a lower middle class to middle class and a middle class to the higher class is driving the entire real estate gamut where certainly home loan is a most important factor but the increase in the home loan rate has not affected the overall market on the sentiment the people have still gone ahead and make the purchase decisions for the dream home so i don't think so it's impacting negatively at all not at all so basically the home loan rates continue to be in what we call as the comfort zone which is the higher single digits but less than double digits double digit indeed at the same time you know would like to also mention over here abhishek when a perch, when a real estate buyer buys he just not make his decision based on home loan it makes his decision based on budget which he has in hand it also makes on dependent on okay what launch benefit i'm deriving it uh what payment schedule i'm deriving it for an example 20 to 30% of the people who go for subvention scheme where he has to pay only 20% and no premi till the possession because there is an increase in the rate which usually developer loads on the base rate uh, so that the consumer just have to pay 20 or 30% initially and nothing till the possession now all this lucrative payment schedule also negate the impact on the home loan rate which is also contributing to the positive decision which you know consumer makes when they come to the site definitely overall packaging positioning the opportunity call you know which which every launch brings it on the table is a also a driving force where everybody every all these elements which i told you contribute for a consumer to make a purchase decision right uh, the other point is we have often re- written about this and it's also there across the media about this will will for upgrade or the super luxury segment picking up what is your take on that what exactly is driving this segment now in india i think uh, this question uh, let me just go back in the past because covid when happened every industry got affected every every the sentiments were a little bit you know that okay, what will happen once uh, the lockdown will get open uh, as far as bombay is concerned which is the most expensive city among the top 3 in the world and when the luxury segment when i say luxury is all about south bombay which i'm referring as of now and it has come forward in a most you know welcoming manner uh, to buy those decisions because overall economy every industry whether you take hospitality aviations and many other car industry the highest sales which is of the car industry has witnessed in last two years now all mm. this is contributing towards that luxury segment is doing well and people don't mind considering and buying those 70 or 50 plus and 100 crore plus apartment in the city of mumbai in fact a one of our project has got an amazing response where the ready to move in stock got sold out which was not you know getting absorbed before covid people understood the importance of those balcony apartments and the spacious units especially uh, among the luxury segment that in case of lockdowns this work from home cultures and you know the joint families etc it is must to have one luxury unit as your home as your dream home in city of mumbai and ever since that project got absorbed so positively over a year so many other projects have started following those strategy and offering a good you know offers to the buyer in terms of luxury projects and ever since that segment has never looked back 
even the supply side and the demand side is really you know hands in hands whatever is getting uh, launched in south bombay from a luxury perspective is getting absorbed in a in a very gradual manner and i always believe anything which is gradual becomes sustainable and there is no looking back so certainly luxury segments is doing well because of the overall economic development which is happening in at national level right since you talk spoke about demand and supply taking out the luxuries or super luxury segment out of the uh, equation for the time being is there in general what we see or what the trends that that are generally seen today in the market is there's a huge demand and supply is still trying to catch up because the number of unsold units uh, is going down and also the period of that unsold unit is going down is this leading to a price rise somewhere or is there a probability of this price rise let's say in this 3 4 uh, period of bull run that you spoke about okay you are talking about demand supply gap in uh, you know leading it to any kind of price rise yes. or not okay let's look at city of mumbai now anything which get launched i think for me it is demand and supply because see real estate always observe inward mobility when i say inward mobility any project which get launched at a respective location 60 to 70% of the people usually buy from the micro market of the you know the same market or the surrounding one having said that especially like for an example western suburb which is more populated than central will always absorb very fast and very quickly compared to the central suburb but at the same time the absorption is not about just getting launched it is also about that okay some project get launched will quickly get absorbed or 70 80% get sold out in two months from the date of launch in western suburb but the same size of project if you get in central suburb it sometimes takes two to three months or maybe a four months but there is absorption such absorption always also depending upon the size of the project when i say so for an example 28 lakh square feet project in borivali is a long horizon of 10 years and in this 10 years of horizon real real estate may see one or two cycles for sure i mean that's what observed even the you know the last last two decades as well so but at the same time in the same micro market if any project is like say 2 lakh or 3 lakh square feet certainly absorption is also depending upon what is a business vision a developer is carry for it certain projects required a volume value and velocity trade off but in the favor of achieving higher volume and velocity and ensuring that value is actually not affecting the profit margin at the same time a smaller project or which is premium in nature at say south bombay will definitely like to have a more importance to the value instead of volume and velocity so answering it to your question demand supply gap is certainly there but it is a it is a function of the location it is a function of the project vision which developer usually carry and how they wants to increase the rate uh, in the most gradual manner without affecting the future of the sale when i say so the large project has to be very careful in terms of increasing the price because the wrong price or the higher rate at which it get launched certainly will get affect the rate of the subsequent building and the phase of the launch when i say so because if the if your launch rate itself is so large for the phase 1 then definitely when you launch building 2 or building 3 at the increased rate it will certainly affect the volume and velocity so demand and supply is gap there is definitely but it is so far it is under the control and i don't i do not see any threat to it where slight increase in the rate will affect this bull run it will not so uh, the other question here is on of pe's or uh, private equity firms are they looking to invest in housing companies or in real estate projects now 
Okay, if if you know few research which reports we usually refer with the colliers and night frank, etc. Certainly, it shows that there is a little bit drop from twenty to twenty four percent compared to the last year, as far as private equity funds are looking to invest into the real estate. Having said that, the focus is not residential anymore, uh, but largely the commercial office space, which is getting absorbed very decently. There is a drop. But uh, there is there is an opportunity. Market is positive. People are. But these PE funds are usually looking forward uh, more towards commercial uh, residential uh, commercial sector of real estate and data central warehousing, logistic park, etc. Compared to mm, you know the portfolio maybe a little bit decrease from the residential investment perspective. But uh, certainly there is a drop. But still they are looking for the right opportunity. Uh, if you if you dig out the few last transaction which has happened in Bombay, these are actually towards the commercial side of it. But certainly they are positive, but they are looking for the right opportunity to you know invest into those kind of projects based on the brand also. Before I go to commercial real estate, uh, last quick question on residential and cities. So typically when we talk about real estate in India or housing sales in India, we refer to the six, seven large cities or eight large cities. What, how do you perceive this new crop of cities where infrastructure addition is happening and connectivity with a former tier one city or, or connectivity with a tier one city or for, is, being, is being added? Let's say a Pune, a Meerut, which is with, witnessing addition of train lines, infrastructure uh, bridges, even an Ayodhya, which has come up over the last few months. Let me put it this way, if I may. How, how do these cities come up? How do you see these cities coming up? Are they going to compete with tier one cities as new zones? No, certainly not. Because tier one cities, the people who are staying in tier one, like say all four metros, will love to continue that way for the lifestyle and the kind of job opportunities which they have experienced and the salary structure. So I do not see major shift from a tier one to tier two city. Having said that, within tier two city itself, like say whether example you say Pune or the Meerut or the Ayodhya, like thanks to Honorable Prime Minister Narendra Modi for taking such a large initiative of Ram Mandir at Ayodhya, is driving really a good volume of real estate investors or the end user to buy those small plots and make their dream homes over there or the second homes over there. But yeah, I mean, compared to all other cities like say Meerut, Pune, or any tier two, uh, like say indoor, for example, this kind of city always have its own demand. The other cities, which are you know the other urban pockets, which are presence around say Pune or uh, indoor for that reason, or the Merit or etc., would like to shift to this city because of the infrastructure, which is really giving a good boost to the outskirts of the tier two cities. Uh, the accessibility to the real estate, to the most affordable homes, is actually driving the real estate sector. And especially when uh, we were studying Pune market also, I mean, what Pune was for 20 years back and 10 years back and what today, that, I mean, it's a, it's a radial city and it is growing in every direction thanks to the infrastructure which is boosting. Um, another example was when, okay, now let's see tier one the cities are getting connected. When a Delhi and Bombay, the, the expressway, which is right now under construction between Delhi and Bombay, there are so many developers which are actually considering a large land parcels in the outskirts of Mumbai, which is around these highways, which they are looking into. Now, all these infrastructure projects definitely going to give an economic growth to not only residential, but commercial real estate too, from an industrial perspective, from logistic park, data centers, and so many. So indeed, I see a positive momentum and the full credit I should give it to the infrastructure um, within these two cities and between the two cities, which is getting connected so easily, 
and which is driving the overall real estate growth in these cities as well. Right. And now uh, the last my question is on commercial real estate. What is the general trend there? Is it picking up? Is it back to pre-COVID levels? Are rentals up? Our observation I should share with you post-COVID, especially when all the offices were vacant and when the lockdown got opened up, people started going out more. We have observed that definitely there are large office space, which is, you know, uh, is again got occupied, but in a gradual manner. But okay, let me share a couple of examples. Like say, when an IT park was there in the in the suburbs of Mumbai, which was 12,000 square feet uh, flow plate, which was not getting absorbed because of the spacious size of the flow plate and nobody was coming forward to occupy it. The moment we slice those flow plate into smaller office of 400, 500 square feet, and it really got, I mean, in, in say less than four months, the entire one and a half lakh square feet building got sold out to the people who are residing in the western suburb, which is a hardcore residential market, and those professionals, CAs, tuition class, uh, you know, all those people who actually come forward to occupy the 400, 500 square feet unit with the objective that, okay, why to travel far away from home when such opportunity is available very close to at a driving distance from where they are staying and it is getting absorbed. With this trend, Another three to four or maybe more than five when we launched in Bombay, we have actually converted some residential project in the residential areas to a commercial unit and giving smaller unit with self-attached. Uh, like, okay, it's every professional has a desire to occupy A-grade commercial office space, which was not available before because the spacious unit and the large floor space was only available. But the moment a good luxury product with smaller offices uh, you know, those kind of experience, ultra luxury, you know, amenities, the good parking facilities, etc. There is a shift which also observed Abhishek that a generation X, you know, the earlier generation which was ready to work in those kind of a smaller office, which are not A grade, but kind of an industrial galas and really they were doing well. But when second generation came forward, the kind of exposure which they have to all those commercial buildings and office space, even they forward to say that, okay, we want a good commercial office space. So what even if you want smaller unit? So post-COVID, we have seen the demand for commercial office. A smaller unit is really picked up. And ever since any such project got launched, even by Guardians or by any other developer, has got good response. And the absorption was more than 70 to 80% within three to four months from the date of launch. So this is a large shift which you have observed that earlier CBDs were doing well because, you know, say mm -hmm. Nariman Point, Andheri Kurla Road, Bandra Kurla Complex, Malad Infinity Area, which are IT Park, or Pawai for that reason, was like a concentrate CBDs area were there. But post-COVID, any such commercial office space got launched in the residential pocket too, has got an amazing response subject to smaller office size. Yeah, actually, that was also my follow-up question. So, is the demand also moving away from CBDs to fringe areas? When I say, again, fringe areas, I bring back the discussion of infrastructure we had a few minutes back. So, are, are we seeing it somewhere along the highways, especially when it comes to this new generation uh, drivers like data centers or warehouses, where you see offices also come up because of connectivity to, let's say, a tier two city where people can stay and come back to work in these uh, outskirts? Is that happening? From, you know, from in the Bombay context perspective, still 70 to 80% concentration will remain in CBDs only. But as I said, professional who is not ready to travel one, one hours in the traffic or maybe by metro nowadays, it's less than that. 
but still they prefer that if options are available next to their home of 400, 500 self-attached offices for CAs and so many other professions, they are willing to consider it. But having said that, I don't see any less demand or, you know, the uh, inoccupancy levels getting higher in the existing CBD, no. In fact, the rate, if you observe, in say BKC where our office is there, has got increased over a period, especially post-COVID, because the amount of office space which is getting absorbed here. So I think it is a transition that those who are operating, say, in CBDs, when they shifted to suburb, the, you know, the vacant space again got occupied by the larger uh, companies also. So I don't actually see any kind of, uh, you know, the negative impact on it. It's, it's complementing each other. And uh, my final question is this new crop of industries which are driving real estate demand also on highways, which is warehousing, sometimes data center. How do you perceive them in the long run to play out? Are they going to have a, uh, I mean, is this a sustainable positive impact you see? Indeed, because the any kind of research report which you picked up, I think the, the most performing asset class within commercial uh, real estate arm will be data center, logistic park and warehouse because the e-commerce which is doing so well uh, right from food to Amazon to anything which is available on the click of the button is actually driven by this three asset class. And they shouldn't be looking back as far as, you know, tier one and tier two cities both because, you know, the amount, I mean, there are, uh, the another thing is the turnaround time because, you know, the ease of doing business, the, the fastest approval, uh, the construction of all these three, which I mentioned you is very fast and it is built to suit also is doing well because so many companies are coming forward to occupy such warehouses, logistic and business data center in the outskirts of Mumbai. And in, in our itself also, like whenever the land proposal comes, our first preference always to look for the client who is looking for this three. So having said that, uh, it is the true for not only Bombay, for all tier uh, one and metros and tier two cities across India, where this three asset class will really perform well in coming years, thanks to the e-commerce. That is all I had from my end, sir. Thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast. It was lovely talking to you. And thank you once again for your time, sir. Thank you, Abhishek.